Is somebody going to name the Chuck we get we get him? Chuck, I can't, Chucky. I can't, I can't take it. Either. But anyway, we were here, and we had the we had the big reveal last week that Paul's actually the real Paul McCartney. Uh, that's right. So <laughs> the other guy's really, really talented, and I'm glad you're just off on Junior's farm with I'm, your. I'm, Fifty Shades of Grey obsessed dog, and that's right. <laughs> My dog that came out to you, <laughs> making hell on wheels. Right now, our guest is wanting to leave and try to get the door. Jump over the mic. And we have Greg joining us as always. Hi it, is, there. it is deep purple, right? I'm in the joining. But we're really thrilled. That I, say, I say we have so many creative people around here. What can I say about it? We can I actually have... talk about something art that I never know anything about, but that's what I'm here to learn, I guess. I'm actually just like just, that lobster shirt on Paul's shirt. <laughs> but we have Nia Shea here. We're really thrilled. Hey, Nia. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. And how did you get into all this stuff? When did your little oh, muse boy. come and say, hey, you want you to do art? We want you to do music? Oh, God. Uh, mm. <laughs> uh, well, it's all kind of super new. Um, so the band that I'm in now, The Living Room, is the first band I've ever been in. Uh, That's is, always exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's just something that I was asked to do. That's not something in a million years I ever thought would happen, but Eric asked me to do it, and I was really, like, overwhelmed and said yes. Um, the rest of the stuff, uh, art, I guess. Don't just use um, the term art. Well, <laughs> i got to be honest. I'm very, I'm very queasy <laughs> about using the term. Well, what do you want to use? What do you want to uh, call it? Then? I don't know. I, 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 got, I got Expression? <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, drawing and stuff, which I can't really do. I don't really, like, know how to draw. Um, but I have an art show on display right now. Um, that's the, I was part of a residency program at the Yards, which is, like, a three-week intensive, or, I'm sorry, six-week, like, intensive. You just have a space and you can do whatever. And I kind of always thought if I had a designated space where I couldn't just, like, lay down and go to bed, <laughs> which is what I was doing, like, during COVID. I started doodling a lot and just making these really weird, like, fine line drawings that were really big and crazy and they were just for me to keep myself busy because I'm crazy and I need like something to do or I will I love sketch drawings yeah they're cool so I did that and I applied for the residency and it's going well enough that I'm going to stay there and we'll see I would do those. I remember, like the one, the one grammar school exercise. You're just supposed to sketch or do something, and I would forget and like do it in the morning and spill cereal on it. Yeah. <laughs> and it would just be, and that. then try uh, to make media. up like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. just try to make up something about what this was when I all it was. Feeling you were an interesting child. <laughs> Oh yeah, they had. They tried to send me to the psychiatrist because I said Snow White. I cried when the Wicked Queen died. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Something wrong with that boy. <laughs> that boy over there. <laughs> I think you. You're the second person that said that. <laughs> Did you cheer when Bambi died or Bambi's mother died? Or no, but <laughs> you notice what they do. She's so much cooler than Snow White. So they have to turn her ugly yeah. because otherwise, in that mirror, is jealous. <laughs> the mirror is jealous telling her that. The mirror is jealous and you're not. It's like, ah, I talk to you. No, no. <laughs> just jealous. Yeah, the mirror could have just placated her. It was fine. He didn't need to, like, get somebody murdered. Yeah, I mean, I'm just using, like, <laughs> like for arts and music, I just use a generic term, but we could say, like, expression, draw, you know, creativity. Sure, sure. And I shouldn't be queasy about it. I'm just, I, I've, I had a couple, I've had a lot of conversations lately with people about my lack of, like, uh, security and my ability because uh, if I'm being honest I think people think that I'm 
not telling the truth about that, but I really don't know what I'm doing. I don't no. have a lot of skill. I don't have a lot of knowledge of how to apply any skills. I don't know. I can't play any instruments. Uh, I can't uh, really actually draw. Welcome to the club, pretty much. Well, he's a drummer, yeah, remember? Yeah, right. Around the show, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I get a lot of that. I hit things. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. No, but you have the drive. I mean, the inspiration, and, and you keep, for you know, Pushing forward, I mean that's part of it. You well, you want to do it, so you have you know. I don't really know what else there is. And there's a point too. Anybody who comes in and says, "Well, I you know I'm the greatest there is," and you know they suck. Well, I <laughs> you just know? don't even. I don't know. I also don't really have a lot of intention or like a sense of like a long term goal or like a vision. It's I'm just kind of keeping myself uh, busy. Well, <laughs> when you don't know things, you have more to learn. That's right. That's the way. Yeah. It works. And and there's what's in you that you're trying to get out, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah. So there's this friend of mine who's an artist in um, Hudson Valley. He's got a, he's got a show, and it's the first show he's had in like forever. And he draws on a on a uh, like a four by six piece of paper a different doodle every single day. I love and, that. And he just adds to it through the and year, and he's and, and then he starts it over again. And he's got a show now uh, of all of, of like eight or nine years of his stuff. That's really cool. It, which is really cool. I like that that accumulation. Of, yeah, uh, it's compared to my skills. Where like when I was a kid, they used to have those TV guide things where if you like draw this turtle. By the way, I saw like some weird turtle in the yard over here before the show. It's like a yellow snapping turtle. Oh wow! I'll send cool. you a picture later. <laughs> Did you put it back in the canal? I didn't go. No, it's in the yard. I had an extra sketch. Just hanging out. But what I did was they had those things in the TV guide, like draw this turtle, win money. Oh, right. So I tried oh, to put, right. so I tried to draw it by putting tracing paper over it and tracing it, and they caught me every time. I think I actually did one of those, too, and I got the kit and, and all that stuff, and then I just kind of gave up. I said, oh, this is hard. It's really hard. That's not, that's the big reason I've never, like, learned to do it. It's really hard, and I, I don't kind of lazy sometimes. No, and I think we all come from, I think we all come to things different ways. Some people are classically trained musicians. Other ones just learn themselves. Other people take all these art classes or everything else. Other people just, you learn. I think you, when you don't have that structure, it's great because you're free to have every influence you want, to do what you want. I'm interested yeah, also but you in know people what? doing things that are like uh, not correct. So, like, I have been playing the guitar a lot. Like the show sort of how, action. I don't know how to play the guitar. I, I don't understand how it works. I don't understand really what chords are, but I play it every day. But it's like an alien's. Remember, Leonard Cohen said there's a secret chord. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Oh, I have to show you. <laughs> I drew comics as a kid, and I just, you know, started with this drawing and Superman stuff. Yeah, and they're playing uh, I'm Your Man at the Little again. Uh, when? Uh, soon. I took a picture of it. I was there with it. No, like I say about doing things wrong, that's this whole basis of this podcast. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we don't follow any rules. Yes, well, you going to say masters. You are going to say something, Greg? No, I was just saying that I used to draw comics and sketch and things, and I just... You know, it was just something to do. I got interested in it. I like colors and shading and things. Mm -hmm. And then when I started, you know, taking drum lessons, that was like the only thing I jumped into. That was like the only thing that I really kept at. You know, like I wasn't a sports guy. So I think it's just you find your niche and you right. go for it. Well, and I also kind of like... experiment and you'll find it. I like the... So my other... My real, like, day job is also weird and, like, sort of side involved so I'm a model for art classes for um, like all the local colleges and all the other places oh, wow. that's my regular that's how I make money 
Um, so being around it all the time is really nice. Like, I guess that that's more, I, if I had to say that there was, like, something I want the most is just being around a bunch of art is a better feeling almost than, like, making anything good. It's if, just nice to be around Have it. you ever seen the movie Art School Confidential? Of course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Daniel Clones. Yeah, and that's I always a very long time, but yeah. But the best part about that, too, is, like, the idea where the one undercover cop does this crap. And it's, like, looked on as, like, brilliant. It's, like, in, it's like in Ghost World with the teacher with Aaliyah right, and Douglas. Right, right, right. And, I love Ghost World. Oh, I love anything Daniel Close. Yeah. And they just took that out of two cell, like, two pieces in the graphic novel. Because they need <laughs> Seymour. But that's it. But they turned it. But I love that. Well, what is it? Is it her catch line about everything? Is it about your father? <laughs> <laughs> and the one with like the the, the ones like the thing with the, the chicken stuff and everything, it's a brilliant achievement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing, right? It is kind of all objective. I don't know. I have a really, I, the older I get, the, the more I'm souring on people who spend most of the time they're discussing something, tearing it down. If you're in a group of people you don't know well. Mm-hmm. If you're with, like, your buddy, you can do... That's different. Like, but anytime I meet new people and the main focus of, like, a conversation about music or art or anything is, like, what's bad, that always feels... That's started to feel a lot ickier than it used to, where I'm mm-hmm. like, really? There's nothing that you'd... Re- you're not, like... There's nothing that you're just, like, jumping out of your skin excited about that you'd rather talk I know. Talk don't about. you like anything? Because <laughs> pool playing like, dogs. There's pictures of the dogs playing pool. One thing that really bothers <laughs> me is super sarcastic people. It's like, that, is that your only way of expressing yourself as sarcasm? Yeah. To me, that's like a coward's way out. I realize mm-hmm. that even me complaining about people complaining about things <laughs> is kind of, uh, you know, that's... Yeah, but I always say, <laughs> you know, try it. If you think it's so easy, try it. Right. You know, at least people are... Like, I could never get up on stage or whatever. I think I'd do this stuff. So I respect people to try it. And maybe I don't like the type of music. I don't like that, but there's still... Right. Maybe, you know. No one is going to force you to buy and consume and, li- and like pay someone for their art so if, if you're not paying for it and if nobody made you give them money then i think you should probably and you you just <laughs> coming this from from yourself and your own vision do you have any influences that you've liked or? music wise well any any ones um so with the living room my if i'm so eric writes everything for the living room so it's all just kind of us figuring out what fits together and the way that I do it is I usually just listen to him a bunch and come up with my own like harmony or part for it or whatever um, and what for that band specifically I'm always thinking about Nick Cave I'm always thinking about Mark Lanigan I'm always thinking about Mark Lanigan thinking about Nancy Sinatra a lot thinking mm. about the Nancy Sinatra and um, Lee Hazelwood Lee Hazelwood records that's definitely there's something about those voices that kind of mirrors what Eric and I are doing and uh, Mark Lanigan and Isabel Campbell kind of did something that was ripping them off mm. so Eric and I are kind of definitely doing one of the ones we that. talked about like some of the things you've just played that you have to get new ones Ballad of the Broken Seas for me I love that was just I just and then the circus is leaving towns like the best Tom Waits song. Tom Waits is never right, as soon yeah. as you hear Ruby, <laughs> you're like, wait a second, is this Tom or is this Mark? Yeah. Did the band approach you? You said. Yeah. So I've been I've been friends with Eric for a while, um, 
and I had lived in California, and I was moving back to Rochester, and I didn't really want to move back to Rochester, and it was a whole, like, bummer of a situation. I know how that goes. (laughs) Yeah. I was out there. Yeah, he's been, he's like, I guess, like, still there's an Indonesian diplomat that's got a hit out for him. Oh, my God. Because of California. I hit this guy. He had an Indonesian government. He was a government. Indonesian diplomat. I hit him on the 101. I bumped into him. It was I, we were going real slow, and then his wife came out and was like all ballistic and freaking out. And, but that was the one time when everybody goes, "Don't get renter, car rental insurance; it's a ripoff." Don't believe it. No, you should always. Because <laughs> I had get it, and I'm glad insurance. I had it. I will. I will I'll tell you to do that. That's always do that. Um, but I moved back from California. I was not doing super great, and. A couple weeks before I moved back, Eric messaged me that he was trying to put this band together, and it was like a project he'd wanted to do for a long time. So he pulled a bunch of people together. There's a lot of us. There's seven of us all together. Um, And we just started practicing, and I think our first gig was booked for April of 2020, so that didn't happen. happen. So we only started playing out in 2021. so we've only played a couple gigs together, and that the first time we played is the first time I ever played ever at all. So it's still only like five or six times. How long is that, like going up on stage and everything, then? How did you cope with that? Um, it was... It was weird. It was not at all the feeling that I expected. I had It was a really good experience. The first thing... The first thought I had when it was over was, wait a minute, it's over? We're done? Like, I felt like I had just gotten warmed up when it ended like I thought okay now I'm ready to really go but we're okay but we're done so it went by a lot faster I knew immediately okay I can definitely do better than that and I also thought I also have to do that again soon and I have to keep doing that and I I can't stop doing this so there was a weird like an instant like this is sort of I have to do this um but it's I don't get um how to describe this it's not being on stage that is scary it's um it's actually that it's like the act of singing it is a really weird vulnerable strange physical thing to do there's like one less layer of separation between you and the audience if you don't have an instrument like right. if you are yes. literally the instrument it's a different it's a weird experience but you can hit them with your mic stand I can, yeah. <laughs> and I have known some singers who are so nervous, like in one band I knew, they just gave them a guitar, even though like, just, just to hold, just to right. hold yeah. that. Well, that's my biggest, okay, that's the biggest problem I've had. In the, I've seen photos of me, and I'm like, what am I doing with my hands? I don't right. know what to do. I don't know where to put my hands most of the time. And most of the time we've played, we've been on really small stages or we're really close together. So I don't really know how to like move around in a way that looks like, cool or normal so there's all sorts of pictures of me like holding my holding the mic or like holding it like this like I, I, I don't know what to do with my hands well, I know my, fr- my friend challenge. Julia she does like hand motions on stage and they look fine you've seen it yeah she's fine and they, I asked and her she, about it and I said you're very natural on stage and she's like I don't know what I'm doing but she just sort of does like almost like a little like this well, and everything the, the, uh, the thing that happened last time we played um, which was the time that I tried to play without drinking which is I'm not a big it's not like I'm a big drinker it was just I, I hadn't done that yet and the, we did a long set where we played uh, we played at Lux and we played oh, yeah, you know, for like an hour and, and then a break a and then another hour it's a long night but it's really fun and the those first, bands are those shows are great there fun, it's so fun to play there but the the first set was terrible I was so stiff and the first like without thinking about it 
I realized that I almost just turned around in the middle of the show. Like, I almost just did, like, the dumb Jim Morrison thing and just turned around and faced <laughs> like, because I didn't want... You could have done a lot worse Jim Morrison things. But it was, it was like, <laughs> I, well, yeah, I, I, definitely. Um, but the, the, like, instinct to hide is, like, very unconscious. Like, I, I had no sense of, like, that I... It, I had to, I realized when I was mid-turning around, like... You can't turn around. What are you doing? But there's the I, I I don't realize that I'm closing my eyes a lot too. There's a lot of times where I'll just be like this, and I, then I realize like, oh, I don't actually know like how long I've been doing this for, and I don't know like if I'm holding on to stuff right. Like it, it it's very out of body. That's kind of weird. Stuff. Like sometimes I told Greg Townsend one time I said I'm not falling asleep during your set because I sometimes I'll close my eyes during the show because. I want to focus on the music. Right. Yeah, no, that's... And you can hear, like, I'll try to focus on one instrument or anything. Mm -hmm. But I've noticed, like, I always tell people, one person to watch was, like, Colin Blundstone. I saw the zombies. Because what Colin would do is, you don't have to jump around like Mick Jagger or, like, Billie Eilish, Greg's favorite. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) And you don't have to jump around. You don't have to do anything. He just stands there. But he's the epitome of cool. Right. You know, Ian Gillen, he would have bongos. <clears throat> Why would he have bongos? Congo, congos. Oh, who cares? Congos. It doesn't matter. But he had congos. Congos right? were little. It didn't matter. <laughs> he, just had him. he just had him because I he was care. nervous. Yeah. yeah. Was, yeah. So when he was in Black Sabbath, I guess they had they had fishing wire attached and they yank it off the stage. Oh, my God. Really? That's or like even that. like some like I know Liam Gallagher maybe to stand up oh, straight with the hands yeah, behind the so, the hands so behind. That's his, a thing that I do all the time when I'm modeling. I think what would Liam Gallagher do uh, right now? Uh, not and a, that's an easy take thing that to do. one way. Don't do that for something. Yeah, what would I'm not I, nowhere else in life am I asking what would Liam Gallagher do? Uh, <laughs> probably do punch the somebody. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> but that stance in particular is one that I'm always. He always says it helps him sing better, and I've tried it. Maybe it's a posture thing or a force in well, the air out. Well, the thing is, he's doing it's something just, that's really I, not good for what, you, what, but it's, it, it does I, work. He's right. Because I put my hands in my back pocket sometimes when I'm singing. Yep, and that's a big... Uh, so, like, if you're going to learn how to do it, and you do, if you were to go to a voice teacher or something, right, that's like a big no, right? You're not, so you're not joke. supposed to put your hands in your pockets. You're not supposed to do any of that stuff, but, like... Who cares? I don't know. You know what? I don't really think there's any wrong ways. I mean, whatever you end up doing to be comfortable is going to be your shtick. Right, right. It's it is. Too, and there isn't any, so there's isn't any look wrong Joe way. Right. <laughs> we yeah. have to. Well, it's like know, that one that they said that, like, live joke back when it was watchable, where it was like, you know, where they were talking about, like, STDs and all this stuff, and mm-hmm. the vampire can't find anybody to bite. <laughs> because of all the stuff going around, right? right. So he's flying, and he, there's this woman. He's, he's going, oh, but I have a, I have a boyfriend. Oh, his name's Keith Richards. Oh. <laughs> 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 I but do I, love Keith. Keith is actually this is a weird thing. I don't really, I don't, I'm not a huge, huge, huge Stones head, but Keith Richards has always been one of my favorite uh, songwriters. I, mean, I, I like, the I like all stuff. the songs that he writes. For the Stones, the most. Yeah. Those are my favorite ones. The yeah. first thing yeah. I ever sang on stage was um, "You Got the Silver" when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And I have to do the quote I've been doing lately from his book. There's two funny things in his autobiography. The one thing is he literally at the beginning of the book he goes, "Well, there are a bunch of older guys I hung around with, but I stopped. I didn't like it. They were doing drugs." <laughs> and then the other one was when he's working with the musicians in Jamaica. He's like, "I can't believe these Rastas." They laid up a joint as soon as they get up. 
Me? I waited at least 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I like him. He's, like, cool. And, like, his songs, like, I have his expense to Wino's Wife. And I think he's more, like you know, he's more the rock his guy. His songs are a little more, like, um, for the Stones, anyway, they're a little more, like, uh, cerebral's not the right word. They're just, there's something about the structure that, of what he writes and the melody that, way he constructs a melody that's interesting. In his book, he's cool because he talks about like Muddy Waters and how you can't learn these songs by his even. You have to the way his chords are and everything, mm. the way Muddy plays like... Well, he, he does weird tuning. Plus, yeah. I was busted at the same airport Keith Richards was, uh. which is cool. It was like he busted. got busted at new... They pulled me over and they stole my beer. They took me from when I came back from England. <laughs> they they x-rayed my case. They took me to... They interrogated me. This is like after 9-11. They oh, took my man. beer... Wow, was this? Wait, this was your check bag? Well, the the bag that went through, and actually, I forgot. Some friends gave me some bottles of beer, and I, I and, and they me. asked they asked yeah. me the first time, and I said I I couldn't think of what it was, and I remembered, but they confiscated. You know why? They made a drink it. Maybe because yeah, they were, yeah, yeah but it could have been because they were glass. They cool. might have thought yeah. you had I mean, that's numbers. why. But I wanted to talk a little about the yards because I'm really oh, interested yeah, yeah. in that. So, yeah, I, I did this residency program, and it went really well, and it's a really great space with probably, I, I don't want to misquote this, but I think there's about 30 artists that have studio space there. Uh, it might be somewhere between 25 and 30, um, and it's just like this great, huge, weird, collaborative space where you have your own room, but everybody's kind of friends and looking in on what each other's doing, and yeah. <laughs> it's like one of my one of my things I haven't been to because of the C word down in a few years, but always the haunted Hungerford was one of my oh, events yeah. of the year. And we did actually when we friend Christie's studio, we did a show from there. But the thing you find about all these artists is they're really really shy though. And like one of my friends would even show up. She's like, I heard we were doing a pot. That was me. Why don't you come down? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I'm uh, that's the weird that when when you do the open market on Saturdays. So the Yards is always open on Saturdays 10 to 2 so that you can go like check it out and see what everybody's doing. You can walk up there. You can walk around and look and see. Oh, where's it located to? I know. So I, it's at I, the public market. It's right in between Care oh. and Best Coffee at the market. So that little door right in between. You got me right there as soon as you said coffee. You'd all be right <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, you're luring me in on that one. That's why Rob didn't know where it was. He was yeah. just always distracted by the coffee shop. Right yeah, it's, it's a very, it's an easy to miss door, but it's painted bright blue and it has a nice little sign above it. So I'm very familiar with artisan works. That's the one I'm most familiar with because I know the people who run it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I always believe with creative people, what you do is you don't put any, like if we have anything done, like a commission or something, you just say, run wild. That's the way creative yeah. people are. It's like I'm supposed to be in a friend's book, and he asked me, but I'm supposed to play a, like a bad guy. Shock of shocks. <laughs> but he's like, and it's this, but he asked me if like there's anything. I said, no, I know you're creative. Just, you know, nothing with farm animals or <laughs> <laughs> anything else. But just, no, when you let creative people run wild, that's like with music, when you just, like, box people in. And I think, like, in a band, maybe, Greg, you could talk to this because you are sort of the only sort of musician here who is the singer. <laughs> I sort of rock. <laughs> yeah. And, but, like, if you box, like, if you tell people, okay, you're going to play it like this, you've got to do it like this, you're not going to get the best effort. It's like, no. what can you add to the song? And maybe if you should be confident but not egotistical, where if some Somebody gets a better idea, you should take it. Well, I, oh, think, I, I completely agree with you. No, that, you know when yeah. you're like you're defensive and like an egomaniac where you can't take any criticism, right. that sucks. But like when you're confident, but you go, oh, somebody goes, wait a second, that's good, but I think we can do it better like this. 
Yeah, I think that that's that's probably majorly important. I, I think a good musician can do that. I mean, can take the criticism as well as, and it's not even criticism. It's just like it's somebody here. You inspire somebody to think about something. So what you're already doing sparked something. So they're going, wait a minute, hey, I like that, but how about this? So everybody, that's how you start collaborating, and that's how you get things going. Well, it's a thing you yeah. can work with so people. Like, I would point to Jeff Beck, who I love, but imagine what he would have done if he could actually work with people. Right. Well, that's, the th- that's definitely um, the thing that made me wait. Like, I've always wanted to, the, yeah, being in a band was definitely little kid dream. Like, I can't, if I could talk to 10-year-old me, they would not believe it. And you have a lot of pros, too. I, like, I mean, Eric, I remember, well, like, yeah. the Indras, Pink Elephant. Eric really knows who's done. And Frank, who's been doing this for a long time. Um, but the whole, like, the collaboration with somebody else thing was what really scared me. Because I'm, I'm not good enough at anything to do very much on my own. So I kind of always knew, all right, I need somebody else to work with because I can't. I, can, I have a lot of ideas, and I can explain them to you, and I can be like, it goes like this. And you tell me what those chords are, and we'll make a song. But I was really afraid of most people that I tried to or had tried to do music with me in the past. And Eric was the first person I felt very comfortable doing stuff with. I don't, I don't know why. It As was, a rule, I think drummers, people that don't... I mean, I took theory and stuff like that, but I can't explain. My, I can say, okay, it's this key or it's this chord, but I, I'll have to sing a rhythm or something. And then right. I, I depend on the other people to interpret it. Yeah. Because I don't know how to do all that stuff. I can say play it up on this position of the neck or something like that. I know the mechanics, but I couldn't do it. You know what I mean? That's mostly, I think the big part of my role in the band is just kind of doing what works the best. Like, I'm not attached to, it doesn't matter what I think. Like, I'm not going to be upset that something I tried didn't work. It doesn't make any difference. I'm I'm not the... um, you're a facilitator. It's more like ornament. It's 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 more like ornamentation than like lead right. singing. Eric and I sing almost all the songs together, so we're always kind of balanced. And then there's a couple songs that Amber and I sing together. There's a couple songs where it's me, Greg, Eric, and Amber. There's a lot of like passing the vocals around and doing a lot of vocals together, especially. So we just recorded a record last month that. I don't know when it'll be out, but we just <laughs> we just recorded it, um, and that was we really like got into that on this. There's a lot more interesting vocals, and Greg's doing some throat singing and stuff like that, and there's lots of weird vocals. But that's that's definitely something that I don't have like a thin skin about. It's mm-hmm. fine if, it does, if something doesn't work. And I also I have a really hard time in the practice space hearing myself. Mm-hmm. So anytime we do something together, I'm like. This sounds bad. Like, I know I don't sound good. I know I sound like I'm either off or I am close. Maybe I can't tell because I can't really, like, hear it. So I had to get over the, like, I don't need to always be, like, on and perfect when we're practicing thing. I get very nervous about, like, singing correctly feels a little more embarrassing than playing an instrument incorrectly to me personally. So, like, that, that's the best way to. Do you enjoy working with another woman? Uh, How does it, is that? Yeah, so so Amber is uh, like my best friend in the whole world, and we're in uh, this band together, and that's one of my favorite parts of it. I really like. I really. Well, like no, I'm just saying. You know, there's no that. clashing. There's no like no. problems. No, 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 not that's at all. That's good. Um, I would like to work with more women. Uh, ladies, anybody, anybody <laughs> listening? Actually, one of no, that's really cool. I, honestly, I mean, the that's problem is I don't, I don't, uh, I don't have, I don't know a lot of. I think you get the band Evil Hearted yeah. You because Amber Trace. 
<laughs> I love Amber Tracy. Amber uh, Tracy is. But why do they? Why do they have to do? Come on! Why do some of these bands have to sell their stuff just cassette? Because they have an evil heart in you cassette. Oh man, I want cassette. I have a bunch of. I have nothing to play them. <laughs> oh, I do. One I of my friends, actually, one of my more punk rocky friends, I was saying I'm getting all this big collection of cassettes from these bands I know. And I've got Evil Heart at You, uh, Mabur. He goes, freaking hipsters. <laughs> Go to any secondhand shop and you'll be able to buy a boombox with a cassette. Player. I have one. I think it might still work. But yeah. I like it. Hang on to your tapes. Hang on to all your physical media. My biggest regret in the last, like, ten years, that, that's a complete lie. I have many bigger regrets than this. But one of my regrets of the last ten years was selling all of my movies and CDs before I moved to California because I didn't have a way to take them right. with me. And I really wish that I had not done that. You want some floppy disks? No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, now you can probably get them all. I know I, I picture that, like, if I sell all my stuff, you like, they'd be, like, missing the, a friend. It would be, like, losing... The thing. You can't get everything as easily as you used to be able to. There are movies that I sold for almost nothing that if I wanted to buy them again now would be like $85 because they're not in print anymore. Like there are so many things that I wish that I had kept, not because they're worth money, just because I would like to have them again right. and I can't afford oh, yeah. to replace them because now their value has like... Go to go shot. to the secondhand sh- stores, like music stores. Like I yep. work at this place, Good Vibes. It's in Greece. Oh. It's Stone, doing in Stone. I teach some drum lessons there and they have a consignment and stuff. I've never heard of that. I would go there. But but they have, I go there every day. I look through the CDs. I'm like, oh, I wanted this CD. Or I have vinyl, but I don't want, I wanted a CD. So I go there. They're five bucks a piece or something. The whole, like, uh, the the advent of streaming and stuff when I was a kid, that kind of started when I was, like, in high school. And the, it seemed like a miracle to me. It seemed like the best thing that could ever happen. I was like, there's, you got thousands of movies right here, and they're right here in my room, and right. I, I don't have to go anywhere and get them. They're just here, and I can just watch all of them. Wow, I was so into that and so excited, and it has, like, definitely, absolutely, detrimentally affected the way that I watch things since then. There's too many choices. Right. I agree, I totally. Find, I can't find anything I want, and the looking for something that I want makes me forget about the and stuff that I actually want to watch. And, and <laughs> the commentary and the you know the director's cut, all the that commentary, the deleted that's scenes, all it's all gone. And that's, that's oh, and it does, Bob. You, you said it exactly, I know, I though. Special just too stuff. many choices. Access is great. Access is, is wonderful. <clears throat> I, I, I'm not, like, definitely not criticizing the... It's great that more people can get a hold of things, but that's not actually what's happening. There are so many things you can no longer get a hold of because they're not, they're not licensed, licensed for streaming. For streaming and yeah. when they disappear, I'm scared of if when we no longer have physical media, all of the stuff that's going to fall through the cracks preservation-wise if we're just streaming right. stuff. There's so many movies you already can't really find, and if they're not licensed for streaming, where are they? Like, are we gonna, are we going to wait, like, 50 years and then most of them are gone? No, and I don't, like, I always say I, I'm either highbrow or lowbrow, I'm not middlebrow, and, like, why should you see all the mainstream stuff? So, like, I remember for years... <clears throat> Buy the VHS versions. We tried, I wanted to see, a, I wanted to see I, Solo, and I wish I didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, man, I watched that movie at oh, I'm sorry. in the morning once. That's the that's when I watched it. But that. we went, they play, played at the, it's the funny part was it played at the drive and so I'm going there. Oh, like, literally, all my friends. Um, People are walking out that's during rough, it. Man. I almost gagged. I wonder, Kevin Wilcox, who, happy birthday, Kev, because it's your birthday when the show is. Oh, uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Ke- I, I talked to Kevin afterwards. He goes, dude, 
That guy with the eyes? I had nightmares for days. And Pasolini, somebody was so upset. And actually, there's a movie, Pasolini, William Defoe plays him. Somebody ran him over because yeah, of that got, movie. They backed up over him, over yeah. a movie. He got murdered. So watch out after doing the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. That movie has, uh, that's one of those movies that uh, I really, when I was watching it, I was like, I wish I wasn't watching this. But, yes. but, <laughs> but the last scene... I liked so much in the context of the rest of the movie that I was like, nope, this was worth my time. I'm glad I saw it, and I feel confident in what, recommending this. What movie is it? Solo, 120 Days of Saddam. Oh, I know. It's really like one of those 70s. Based like, on the Marquis de Sade's book. They don't have to say uh, that, but they, they take it to Nazi Germany. It's really rough. It's tough to watch, but it has a scene at the end that I thought was really... Powerful and like it's casual. It's the thing with the two boys dancing. Yeah. And they ask, "What's your girlfriend's name?" Yeah. That that I was like, "Oh, that's really perfect. What a perfect little thing they just made because of that ending. If it hadn't been that, I wouldn't have been sure what they were doing. But that made me go. Oh, you probably like Wes Anderson movies. Then. I like most movies, honestly. Mm-hmm. I like Wes Anderson. Uh, I like Paul Thomas Anderson better. <laughs> That's, yeah. the, that's the Anderson that I'm yeah. uh, uh, that I really love. So you know, it's funny you were talking about media. I went through this whole phase where I had I bought a I still have it, but I bought a DVD recorder, and then I had oh, satellite. Yeah. I had I had Directv. You so what I would do is I would just program and I would tape. I taped hundreds of movies off Turner Classic and other yeah. things, yes. and that's where I have books and books of homemade DVDs. So, yeah, we do too. So Directv has what they called the bottomless DVR, right? And so having satellite was great. When we moved to a house on the north side of Pinnacle Hill, so there's no view of the sky at all, right? right? So we can't get satellite. So we were the first customer in the history of of, uh, DirecTV to say, we want to keep our box. We don't want to move because we can't put satellite. But we want to keep our box for another two months. And they're like, why? And it's like, so we can watch and download everything off the box. Because we had we had a thousand things on the box. It was amazing. And, right, and that's so, what I did. So they're all on DVD now. Yep. But Jill, Jill and I went mm-hmm. through this whole technology thing where we had to figure out, like, what how works. do we, what, what format are they in? How do we get them off the box? And how do, it, we, we, we did it. Yeah, that's but it, took, it took three months. That takes a lot. Yeah, but that's definitely. You just run on RCA. You can just run RCAs out of the back of the box into your recorder. That's yeah. right. But you are so right because, like, some movies I've looked for, you try to find them, they're like $80, $90. Movie, you want to talk about movies that are, like, uh, you know. You know what's another make you feel bad. There's a movie called Happiness. You know the movie Happiness? Oh, God. Oh, that movie. Oh, yeah. That was a hard movie. Happiness is one of my favorite movies. I'm being serious. Yeah. I'm not kidding. It's a, it's a movie that I watch a lot. It's There's something about it's, it that makes me feel very, very like, okay. I, I don't know why. There's something about the tone of it. There's it's just there's a lot of reasons. I like that movie a lot. I used to have it on DVD. I bought it for five bucks used. You try to find that movie now, you are not buying yeah. it for less than $45. Yeah. It is unfindable. And huh. I just want a copy. If I see one like in a bin somewhere, watch it'll be like slumming going to Walmart for sneakers. It'll be in the. I'll buy this for Nia. It's five dollars. I've been trying to find a copy of the Tracy movie, the Warren Beatty. It's hard to find. I think I have a VHS of that somewhere. I thought I did too, but I can't find (laughs) it. I had Waterworld too, and I can't find that either. I just watched Waterworld for the first time this year. I liked it. I did too. I heard it was like one where of the worst movies ever made. Where did they get their cigarettes from? <laughs> that was my biggest question about Waterworld. It made me miss movies like that though that had sets. Like, um, you remember like Hook 
Yeah. It was from the same time period. Things that looked like it's a real place, that those crazy big boats and, like, mm-hmm. all that stuff was very real and yeah. tangible. And there's not a lot of set building like that anymore. The whole there, I've cool. heard a story, true or not, I don't know. But I saw The Wizard of Oz in IMAX 3D, That's which was awesome. Fun. Now, what I've heard... <laughs> What I've heard is that if they try to rebuild the sets from there, like not CGI through the sets, they can't yeah, these days. They wouldn't be able to, yeah. But just seeing you it like... You don't have the people to do that. Just seeing the IMAX, like Oz and everything, it's just fantastic. Well, I was All watching... practical effects are definitely... Yeah, I was watching that Deepwater Horizon on a disc, and they had a special features. They had to build the oil derrick. Mm. It's about an old Derek catastrophe. Wow. So, and it's like Mark Wahlberg. It's good. I haven't watched the whole thing yet. But they had to build, they were talking about how they had to build this thing. It was like freaking 50 feet high, or, and they booked the pipes in and all. And I mean, because they, they wanted a practical thing, they wanted for the actors. Actors like it. Well, that's because the they can, you can't act against something digital. Yeah. Ian McKellen has a really famous quote about that when he was filming the Hobbit movie. He said yeah. he cried every day after his scenes because he was acting alone in a green screen right, room. Right. He's like, this is not why I wanted to be an actor. It's about being with other people and like, right. this feels soul-crushing and weird to just act at a... Cash essentially check. at this. Just cast a check and shut up. No, I know, but that's probably true. Like, I remember the man in Sky Captain movie. I like it. Yeah. I kept it in the world of tomorrow. Oh, I love that no. movie. What? I don't know this movie. It's uh, a, Judith Paltrow, or Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, Jude Law. It's like a. It's done like a for, like a like a like an old serial. Lord yeah. Olivier oh, oh. being dead for like twenty years is in it. But they were talking about it was like the first digital all digital movie, I guess. Right. But they were talking about how they'd have nothing in the in the on the set but like a table. Just to have some frame of reference. Weird. Like, yeah, they, like, they used to build whole sets and yep. get people in costumes just to do an animated movie. They used to use, like, people and sets for reference just to draw for a cartoon. Perfect and example. Not even do that. I got into rough Baskey movies a while back again. Oh, yeah. And oh, Lord yeah. of the Rings, yeah. he had actors and he painted over them. Yeah, rotoscoping, right? You do the... Yep. The... Yeah. Um, you make the yeah. carousel. I think, the, yeah, I think in a way we're losing. Like sometimes you look at all the CGI. We could do anything, but we're losing like a I sense like of creativity. It at all. I don't like because it at all. you go back. Okay, you go back. Like say you had a small budget, 1950s. You had to be creative to come up with this stuff. You had to think outside the box. It's like how did they get like laser gun effects? They whacked like a telephone pole wire and get yeah. that wing. Yeah. It's not even my biggest issue with it. If I'm being honest, is that I think it pretty much always looks bad within five years and we are far enough away from the advent of uh, digital effects that we should know that. We should know that this is not going to look good in five years. We should know that if you choose to do this it's going to look stupid very 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 soon and if you just did it for real where there's a real thing that you're touching, it's not going to look as stupid. The thing looks great to me still. I think that that movie looks great. I would rather watch something that looks like that any day of the week than something that looks like Transformers. Anytime there's too many digital things happening on the screen, it's cluttered in a way mm-hmm. where it's I, can't, I, I can't focus yeah. on yeah, anything. I don't, know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm so I glad that on. movie, that's, I, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. And the I thing? just think, yeah. It's great. And the I original think that, one or the newer one? 
The Carpenter one. Oh, oh the car- yeah, the Carpenter one. There's one even older. Than yeah, right. James oh, Arness. Yeah. James, yeah. James yeah. Arness, yeah. And the one, I mean, the John Carpenter's yeah. whole tighter <laughs> till who goes there, the story, because it's a shapeshifter. Yeah. Right. Where James Arness is like the giant vampire carrot man. Carrot, carrot man. <laughs> but all that, like, uh, my favorite, like, Cronenberg's a big favorite of mine. Paul Verhoeven's a big favorite of mine. Oh, yeah. Big part Starship of Troopers, is the, baby. Starship <laughs> Troopers is great. And Starship Troopers has digital stuff, but it also mixes in puppets, which is important. If you're going to have a monster it, and it's purely digital... I remember when, okay, so when the Lord of the Rings movies came out, I was a kid, and those were the, one of the first movies that really got me excited about, how did they do this? Right. How did they make this? Like, I was all over learning about that movie. And Gollum looked incredible to me at the time. i got to admit, does not look good now. really didn't hold up the way I was expecting it to. So, like, if even that thing that was so groundbreaking doesn't work, we shouldn't be doing that anymore. Just mix it in with, like something you built. Like, you can still have, like, when it's moving fast, it can I think be motion well, capture comes pretty close because it's based on a real better. person. Yeah, can you imagine, though, like... That, have, was, that was the Gollum stuff was all Andy, Andy Circus with motion, motion capture. Right. Yeah. Can you imagine the patients, like, being like a Harryhausen or any of them? Where, I for, know. Like, things like, frame by frame. And Harryhausen would say, if he got a phone call, it would screw him up, but, like... You know, it would take up, like, how many hours Where to get, like, that? 40 yeah. minutes? It's not like it's it's necessarily terrible. So, okay, I'll use an example. Uh, there's a new movie that came out this year called Men. Has anybody seen or heard of this? No. Did, did anybody see, um, what's the example I want to use here? Uh, Ex Machina? Did anyone see that movie? Yes. No. Yes. Same director as that. Okay. Um, so I was I liked that movie a lot, so I wanted to go see it. I really liked it up until... There's a very big climax where all of a sudden we choose to use a bunch of really bad digital effects <laughs> that don't fit, and it's a horror movie in a very intimate setting. So we are close up to these really bad effects. And it's not like I think that like everybody is being lazy or that this is you shouldn't be following like digital art or trying to make it better or improve it. But if I, if I saw this movie and it was my movie and I saw that cut, it, it didn't look done. Like, it looked mm. so... All I kept thinking was, like, you really couldn't just build something to do this? It's not too complicated, but you made it look a way that took me so out of the scene. Like, I immediately doesn't feel real. It immediately, like, lessens, cheapens everything a little tiny bit. I made the comment last show we were on about digital stuff. I said, like, like fire explosions. Mm. It all looks the same. It all looks the same. Yes. And it's like you see it in the background. Somebody's walking away and a building exploding behind them. Really? And yeah. they're not going to get hit by anything? Give me a break. It's not like you, you need... You know, it's not, a, it just looks phony to I me. I don't need it's stuff to be real. I just kind of want to... I, I don't like being taken out of the world as hard as digital effects seem to jerk me out of the moment. Not always, but it, enough that they're, it feels they're that They're rarely integrated well with the with the real part of the story. Yeah. And I think I think you just talked about one where it's very jarring because everything's real up until that scene. Up until scene. that scene, and it, yeah. it didn't... Well, and it's also full of very good makeup, very weird, mm. old-school, like... Um, you, they have one guy playing seven characters, and he's got all this crazy, like... He's doing Peter Sellers-type, like, weird makeup and different, like, doing his body different. Dr. Lau. It's great. <laughs> it's great stuff, but it's... Suddenly, at the end... It, we didn't go with that, and that mm. immediately made me think, well, this is definitely a budget thing. Like, somebody definitely made this guy do this this way. Because right. Ex Machina the is suits. an example <laughs> of, I think, almost perfect special effect integration. Mm-hmm. That looks real. That is probably always going to look good. It's been 10 years, I think, since that movie came out. It still looks great. I'll have to watch that. 
It's good. It's about to rewatch it. It's a three-person drama about like uh, androids. So oh. there's a there's a robot in it that looks <coughs> like a. Really good. That's, def- that's yeah. definitely the best like robot I've seen in a really long time. I saw AI. I mean, I actually bought that. I really liked that. Movie. I just watched yeah, that for the movie. first time since I was a kid. I really liked it. Yeah. It had heart. You know, it had it had story. It wasn't. And it was creepy and weird. And yeah. just the Pinocchio story, which Pinocchio. Yeah, kind of. The, the cartoon Pinocchio from the '40s is still one of my favorite movies. You know what? You know what scene that we're talking about the digital distraction. I, this is it's old now, but. The Val Kilmer Batman, yeah. the climax where he where he's saving Robin and he goes down that shoot thing. I st- I watch it a um, hundred times. I still can't figure out what he's doing. Yeah, it doesn't look. There's no real scene where he's throwing the thing and it hooks. Everything's cut, 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 and it's like I can't really. It just doesn't make sense there's what no, they're there's trying there's to no show. Visual narrative. Yeah, there's yeah no it's like it just it just and happens. And remember, AI was Kubrick, and they used storyboards because he died. That yeah, was going to be the, yeah, he was, was waiting Kubrick's for effects, life. and then Spielberg did it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's definitely oh, wow. uh, that's 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 a movie that I thought I was going to hate. Uh, when I watched it again, and then I was like, the little bear, though. Yeah, the little bear. It's a really weird movie. That's that. It's a lot weirder and uglier and darker than I remember. And it's slow, and it could be a. It could have been like a hard to watch, but it wasn't. Well, yeah, you can kind of feel Kubrick in the first half of it a lot too. You can still kind of see the way he wanted things to look, and he's. I had a conversation with somebody recently where we were like, I don't want to be this guy, but he really like who's better. I can't, like, I don't know who else I like more than Kubrick exactly. I don't want to be the person who picks that. I finally saw Killer's Kiss, too. I I had not seen Killer's Kiss. I just seen it. The, no, Kubrick's great. And there's also a movie called Color Me Kubrick, which is really, really With good. We well, yeah, about the guy. There was a guy who impersonated Kubrick and like moves yeah, money. And the guy, and the funny part was, I guess he didn't look anything like him. But he, <laughs> like he goofed up. He didn't even know his movies, but he would just go up to people. Well, you know, I'm a director. And a, oh, Stanley, work. Stanley Kubrick, Coop. <laughs> that he get free drinks or food. Yeah. <laughs> I started to watch Eyes Wide Shut, and I was like, I got like half hour into it. I'm like, okay. I, I love it. No, I love it. I watch it every Christmas. I watch it like I, I think too. it has that, that thing. And it's like a journey. It's like a dream because it's like based on a story of Prince Otto and right, Germany. I'll have to watch and it's it. based on like mm-hmm. it, so it's I like a like, dream. I like that they built an entire fake New York City set in England. That is a yeah. really crazy looking movie because of the fake New York City, and it works. Oh, and you, really? you know who yeah. is number wow, one? You, you know who his number one choice for Cruz's role was? No, Steve Martin. Wow. I really want to see that. I want to see that movie. I want to see that movie. Because the reason I haven't movie. seen that movie is because of... Because I'm out of time. One of the reviews one of my shot. friends yeah. gave about Minority Report one time, he told me, he said, you know, despite Tom Cruise being in it, it was pretty good. Yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, that would have been my review. I don't like Tom Cruise as a guy. I like Tom Cruise when he's in a movie. I like Magnolia a lot. He's great in Magnolia. Yeah, I, movie. I think I remember William H. Macy busting his teeth the most out of there. Oh, Plus, you know, I have the soundtrack of Zamy Man. You know, this guy was interesting. I mean, that was trippy. Yeah, but. he was good in that. I, I like Tom Cruise. I don't, I mean, I don't, but I yeah. do. Did you see, uh, <laughs> what's, what's that one? The one where it, it keeps reliving the day over and over? Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow. That's a good Edge one. Tomorrow? Yeah. Really, so the reason that I watched yeah. that was because, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson did an interview one time with somebody who was kind of asking him about his favorite movies, and they were really surprised that his favorite movies are all, like, 
just action movies. He loves like a bad action movie, a, a kind of dumb comedy. Like he's super like lowbrow. That's yeah. make stuff that's not like that. But he that's what he likes. That's and cool. he was like the best movie of the year is Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. I love it. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, it was great. I would say good. one of the most perfect movies ever was Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember that. I loved it. But I was going to say, in terms of lyrics, now, does Eric or somebody else write the lyrics? Eric writes everything. Now, it's your job to interpret them. So when yes. you see these, do you have to just, <laughs> do you do any, do you have to visualize them, or do you just try to bring them to life? Or? So all that comes way later. Like, if I'm being honest, so when we just recorded, uh, I had a lot of trouble with that at first. Like, I have to... I have a hard time keeping everything in my brain at once, and usually I'm focusing so much on. Um, You're perfect for this show, then. Just, it, just <laughs> doing it, that I'm not like thinking too hard about the words until we're closer to recording it. I guess if that makes. Well, sense. the one song like I got in my head was North. North and the thing North. was, I still think there was, like, the good slow burn where it picked up and it just got going and going. That's why I was thinking, like, Nick Cave and Mark Lanigan, definitely. Yeah, we have, so when we release this record, we have a, uh, um, we're, we're covering a Lanigan song on it, which is one of my favorite songs to play with everybody, so we'll have... She's the kind of girl that would make me pick up a strange religion. <laughs> yeah, 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 we have. We want to cover that, actually. No, he does that one. I'm going to get the title wrong, but he does a version of that old blues song. I think they call it Behind the Pines or whatever. Oh, it's the one, Where, where did, did You Sleep, sleep Last like, Night? It's yeah. so gothy. It's so... Yeah, his version of that's good. It's so Bill, really, Bill Callahan has a really good version of that song, too. But I like his. I mean, I just love his stuff mostly. Like I can't remember, like, Screaming Trees, right? Yeah, but he was a screaming trees guy, which I I didn't know that until I found his solo stuff first. So I know was Queen of the Stone. This is when he in Queen was he in Queens of the Stone Age for a little while because I, I don't know. know. It's like Dave Alvin when David Alvin was an axe and all so these. Other. So I saw Mark Lanigan once, and it's the only experience I've ever had where I saw an artist and I thought I know less about them and they seem less like a real person to me now. I've never seen anyone who reminded me more of like. Like, it felt like I would have to ask people, like, was he really there? Did I dream? Like, was that a ghost? Like, he j- he didn't talk at all. He just comes out and does his thing, which is, like, really intense and great. And then he leaves. And you know who does that? Goodbye. Knows well, and I know when I saw him last time, Bob Dylan. Yeah. He does not talk at all. If you take a picture, the show's over. Good no, luck. Yeah, no, don't do that. And, and, but <laughs> what he does, he'll come out. Now, I have heard sometimes he'll introduce the band. But he starts, and the beauty with his, he just reinterprets this stuff so much where, like, you're sitting there going, what the hell? I think I have to get ready to accept that I don't think I'm ever going to get to see him uh, live. I would say, see, the thing was, I saw him here at the Auditorium Theater 2018, one of the best shows I saw you could see his where you're just going to shake your head going, why did I even pay a dollar? Because it's so I know bad. Most people that experience. And and I, I, had, I don't care. I would like to just be in the same room as Bob Dylan one time before he dies. That would be mm-hmm. nice. But That's he was fun. great. And what he does now, I guess he's got arthritis or something. He can't play guitar, so he's playing keyboards. And he sets the stool long ways for some reason. <laughs> but he would come out and sing, too, like he sings Scarlet Street. He just come with the mic. But at the end of the show, he just comes out. Yep, that's, that's it. it. I just saw um, a couple months ago. I went the first concert I've seen in years because of COVID. I went and saw Loudon Wainwright. Does anybody know? Oh yeah, Loudon. Yeah, that's, that's dead skunk. That's the opposite. Experience. I saw him in Waters for <laughs> years yeah, ago. Yeah, he's great. That was that was one of the craziest. Um, he sounds better to the exact same. 
as he did when he was in his 20s. It's really bizarre to hear his voice come out of him now. He, he sounds identical. Nothing about him has changed, and he's 70. Five, yeah. 76, something like that. But he was his show is just you go and he comes out and he talks to you for a bit and he's like, okay, what songs do you want to hear? And then he does that for like an hour and a half. He read some stuff out of his book. He's like, okay, I'm going to do like three new ones. What song do you want to hear? And wow. then, and then no, it was kind of funny because I'm thinking like Steve Earle and like one of my friends. We saw Steve Earle at Anthology, and one of my friends is okay, you know, whatever politics or whatever. I don't want to get too much politics, but he actually did an album. It was he did Copperhead Road entirety. Then he goes, well, I didn't really do any politics on this album. I got to get pissed off about stuff again. But then the thing he does out of all the things, he talks about living in New York now. And he goes, I'm a Yankees fan. And somebody yells, fuck the Yankees. And he's, <laughs> and he's like, fuck. He's like, I've, been, I've also I've been trying not to curse because I forgot that this is not the radio. No, you can swear on this show. <laughs> I curse more than this normally. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Our guests loved it. Like, wait a second, yay! <laughs> I didn't want to be. Yeah, I didn't want to break the seal. Um, if you want to talk about like influences, though. Yeah. Uh, so I don't. Th- this year is the first year I ever wrote a song. I wrote a song, and then I wrote a lot of songs after that. Um, so I do write, and I have a lot of music, but nobody's going to see it yet. <laughs> It'll probably take another like year or two before I get it together. But the biggest, like, person in my head is Loudon Wainwright. That's definitely the type of writing and the type of thing that, like, connects with me the most. And that's... that's He's got, like, that, that nice sort of, like, start, like humor and, like, funny, conversational. Very, very, very... Uh, he's, he's always... He's one of the people, I think, has nailed songs about... Uh, suicide better than anybody. He's got a lot of like really casual, on like really on point and very like they get it, but they're also very funny and like kind of mean. I like, right. I like that's that what I said about Heather's. The thing was yeah. now when I saw Heather's, we had somebody unfortunately somebody committed suicide at my high school mm-hmm. and it's not you're not laughing at it in the movie what you're doing is laughing at the response right. but all the people oh this is my best friend when they didn't even know him you gotta or, be able to talk you gotta be able to laugh about that there's no other way to do it you, you gotta that's do, how I am I'm like that, that dark with the humor and everything but you were saying you've been burning up uh, Warren Zevi lately oh man oh. I'm all about War on Zivon these days. Um, yeah, the Excitable Boy record is great. The um, you know, so you know, so the, like the though, like for Excitable Boy, it's such like an upbeat tune yeah. where it's like about a lunatic. I <laughs> know. Up her grave and built a cage with her bones. Yeah, I love singing. It's the that craziest song. thing anyone ever wrote. And down. it's like that juxtaposition though, where it's not like somber. <laughs> No, he's such a romantic writer. His songs are like these big sweeping, like Scott Walker type melody. Like he's so like he's so visual. He raped yeah. her and killed her and whatever he's. And then he t- and then he took her home. Yeah. <laughs> I that's definitely uh yeah that that that's that's somebody that I wish I could be like. Only alive. Physically <laughs> alive, and yeah. all of it. And uh, there's something about the way he and looks. And I think Nick Lowe's got a little about that, too. Like, oh, if you hear Marie yeah. Prevost, she was a widow. She became the doggy's dinner. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Nick Lowe's song called All Men Are Liars. That's yeah. one of my favorite. I think that's a perfectly written song. There's, I think every word in that song is just right. I always say he was the one that got me really into, I call him a good gateway drug, because a lot of people, like, if you get Jesus to close <laughs> something, it's 
poppy enough and accessible enough, but it's more. It so you could draw on in. It took me a minute to get him. I really didn't get it when I was younger, and then the last couple of years I've been like, no, this is really, this is what I would like to hear more of. This, his writing is just, it's so perfect it's almost annoying. And his voices too. He's got absolutely crazy control. He's so good at phrasing, and everything comes out like just how he wants it to come out. Oh, yeah, he's one of my all-time favorites. It's yeah. like a thrill, like one of my friends played backup for him. I was oh like, my I God. can't believe it. <laughs> That's amazing. His band plays backup for him. I'm like, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. <sighs> but the other one definitely we have to talk about is one of my favorites on Nick Cave. I do love Nick Cave. And I have said my top five, and I don't like to do those number ones. No. ever. But my definitely top five of the century, the Electric Factory in Philadelphia, Nick Cave. Mm. Because he's got a way about him where he's like got such a presence, but he knows what he can sing too. And he doesn't always care. That's he, the whole No More Shelley part. That whole record was him writing a record on purpose that he it was too high for him to sing, and he did it anyway. That's crazy. That's like a really that's a crazy. And he's somebody also when he puts something new out like his new album Carnage I really or like Ghost that. Team. You don't know. It's not like okay, it's going to be the same old stuff. Ghost Team, I still have not figured out that one. I have not. Cracked. I think it's a lot of it because of his son died. Uh, that was his own. Yeah, that's his own problem. I think Lavender Fields was the one I can get the most out of those, but some of the other ones I still. That's kind of like a soundscape record. It's not yeah. really like a. Have you record. read Who Killed Bunny Monroe? His I have book? actually. I think it's like I call it the best book Leonard Cohen never wrote because it comes out like is a Cohen book. I have mixed like. feelings about Nick Cave's writing. I, I I love him. He's my like one of my favorite songwriters of all time. I've seen him a couple times. There's nothing like one of his concerts. It's the closest thing to like religious yeah. stuff. I've oh, the Mercy Seat at the Electric Factory when, when he did the Mercy Seat. When you're like right up there, it's very weird. He has so much control, not control over the audience. There's just something going on. Like, he just, I don't know, he trusts the audience a lot, and the audience can feel that, and there's just this weird, like, energy that goes on um, with him. But I, I think he's, the, the, uh, yeah, I'm obsessed with him, but I don't love when he writes a narrative. I, I've, had, I've struggled through all of his mm. books, and if I'm going to be honest, the movies that he's made the biggest problems I have with them are the writing. And that bums me out. I don't want to not like his, I don't <laughs> want to not like his books. Um, but I don't love them. But I also haven't tried to read one in a really long time. So I might be... Well, it's like I said, like about Paul Westerberg was something that he goes, that you can write tons of good stuff and then you write one thing that's not so good everybody Everybody hates it. Well, that's the thing is I kind of like that. Like, I like that there's a thing by my favorite person that I don't... It doesn't click with me and that's fine. Like, it's, it's for somebody else. It's just not... It's not my thing. But it's not bad. It's uh, just kind of like not uh, this isn't as much I didn't love it the way that I thought I would but yeah he's he's massively important I'm not a big concert goer believe it or not I'm not you know I'll go, I'll go I, I, I do small shows that's about it now but like him and actually he was the one that was I call it 2020 the year of found money because I got I look on my email and I get all these concert ticket refunds like, and I was going to go see him in Philly Again, we had the tickets and everything, and all of a sudden, there's a concert refund. The worst, yeah. the saddest concert refund I ever got, which the anniversary of this is coming up quick. Uh, you guys know David Berman from Silver Jews and, uh, I don't know, some other projects. But he he, had, he put out this record in 2019 called Purple Mountain, which is one of my favorite records of all time. I love everything about it. And then I had tickets to go see him, and he killed himself three weeks after the record came out. Oh, my God. So I got a refund. For that, and that was horrible. I was like, oh, oh. God, I don't want this money. Uh, can I give it 
So I saw big chest and that the bugs are, I think he killed himself like a couple. couple, right after, yeah, that was a rough one for me. So that's the thing, like, you know, I tried, like, we actually did, like, I know it's a tough subject, suicide. We actually did this play that my friends just did at DVC called Seven Years Dawn, where it's about a bunch of uh, addicts, and it's seven mm-hmm. years after finally, and somebody, and it's like something, you know, people have to, like, if you're having problems with messages, you have to go reach out to people. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing like being tough, like being, uh, you know, all stoic about it, and there shouldn't be, you know, any stigma on it or anything. I know it's, uh, yeah, I know it's a sensitive subject and everything, but I've kind of started approaching it with, uh, I don't care because uh, I don't. I don't think that being like uh, nice and polite and not making people uncomfortable is more important than Bravo. people not dying. Well, I think that's yeah, right. problem. Yeah. Yeah. So problem. I've been really upfront with it lately. Um, that that's, that's the whole life. My whole life, I've dealt with it. I've been hospitalized. I've tried a bunch of times. I'm sure that that's not over. But I've integrated it kind of into myself a lot more than I used to. I've made friends with it is usually what I like to tell people, where I'm like, okay, this is always here. I just need to know when it's too far up to the front of the head. Mm -hmm. Like, it being here is fine. Like, I don't need to focus on crushing that urge if I can live with the urge. It's just making sure I have tools to not actually get that deep down. Well, I mean, I've... (laughs) Been through some shit, especially the last five years. And uh, what I said, I used the Tennessee Williams quote: "Like you take away, you know, if you take away my demons, you take away my angels too. You have to be able to confront them." And I've seen all this stuff, and you have to like be honest with yourself about it. Realize you're always going to have these problems and everything. And always talk to somebody. It's it's impossible, and I don't take that advice all the time. Uh, (laughs) It's so embarrassing to be like, "I want to die." It is. It's it's like embarrassing to tell people that because I think the urge when people try to help you is to be like but here's all the good things it's not, uh, like, it's not like you don't know that there's good things it's usually that you can't access the feelings attached to the good things right now and that's usually what that is I a book a long time ago called The Secret Strength of Depression hmm. and it's a very good book and it, you start to when you read it you realize okay it's chemical it's organic. You realize that there's a reason. You just you get depressed because of whatever it may be diet, it might be whatever. But as you learn to work with these things, then you, you know, like you, then you go to counseling. You have to work. It is really yeah, tedious and really annoying, and it's a lot of work. Plus, food does affect you, doesn't it, Paul? Did yeah, you say it does. that? Yeah, the, I mean, the science on this is really fascinating right now. So it's down to the the. The gut brain connection is well understood. It's oh, well yeah. documented, and it was. I read the craziest thing like two weeks ago. So we were talking earlier, farm to table, right? Right, right. So all my protein, right? Not a vegetarian or vegan. I love. <coughs> we all love meat. <laughs> <laughs> we right. Not meat. Right. Yeah, but I'm but, tolerant. But, um, <laughs> but you know, so the study out of Spain said people that eat. Um, uh, I forget what the name of the protein was, but it comes from, get this, line-caught fish, mm-hmm. free-range poultry, um, pastured pork, and, and grass-fed beef. And I'm like, wait a minute, this, and, oh, and, and, and fresh-laid, you know, free-range chicken eggs, right? right? So all the protein in my life can make you depressed. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. I'm like the farthest from depressed of anybody I know, right? And then, I, and then I'm, I'm reading more about what it is, and it's like, okay, so this protein... Uh, comes from those sources. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the gut bacteria to pro- process it properly, 
it gets broken down and metabolized, oh, yeah. and then it, and then you if you have the the genes that then carry it across the blood brain barrier, you end up with this protein in your in your um, in in your cerebral spinal fluid, Whoa. and it makes you depressed. And and so it's like you have to have the trifecta though. You have to have the gut bacteria. You have to have the genes, and you have, you to, have, have, to, have, have the, the have the diet, and you have and you have the diet. And wow. if you've got the three things together, wow. it makes you depressed. And then they proved it in mice. And I'm like, and it's like, okay, so you can make mice depressed because they don't solve mazes well, if they're, they're depressed. And so they they took the gut biome of the humans. And that were depressed, and they put it and into the mice, wow. and the mice got depressed. And then they did it with flies. And oh like, how do you make a fly dep- depressed? The uh, fly won't try. Won't do anything. Yeah, I can't imagine seeing a depressed fly around the house. Right. I feel like so, that's an important thing to remember about wh- about where does that word come from? Like depressed. That's yeah. Mostly yeah. what it is yeah. is that you You're are just, just down. rushed. You are crushed. you are yeah. not moving. Well, I found that out. Like <laughs> after I after my finding out I should be dead. Like after last year, it's like I said, I've been telling you, it's like I have PTSD sometimes where I just feel right. the world's crushing on me and I can't feel happy about anything. Right. And it's it's a lot of tricks. Every I like to tell people that I'm always trying to trick myself into staying alive longer. So Amateur if, up, if you, if you, like, put stuff in front of you to do, it kind of helps. So, like, the yards thing is definitely an attempt at that. Mm. The band is a big thing. I have a – it's like, you know – I try to keep my responsibilities to a minimum because I'm not a terribly responsible person and I have a lot of mess problems and I don't want to disappoint Same here. everybody, you know. <laughs> so I try not to be. I am a flake, but I try really hard not to be. It's, it isn't a. It is. It's never an I don't care thing. It's always an I am out of energy or in another. I'm not. In my body, we're like on the <laughs> same. We're like on the same is. plane in yeah, a lot of ways, yeah. like that. So I like to like put. I have to have something in the future, though. I have to have something where it's like, I already committed to this. Somebody else knows it. I can't drop out of it. So, like, I've had a rough couple of weeks, but I was like, no, I got to, it's, I got to do the art show, right? I got to, I got to at least do that. I got to get through that. And now we're past that. So, the next thing is, we got to finish the record. We got to at least finish the record. Then there's, you know, the record I'm writing with a friend of mine got to do that. That's so far out. Well, you know what Warren Zevon said when he had cancer? He says, I have to stick around. There's another James Bond movie coming out. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's one of my favorite uh, suicide note lines ever, which I know that's a a miserably, like, goth thing to say. It's so gross. My favorite suicide note line. Um, I love Hunter S. Thompson's when he just mm. said football season is yep, over. Yeah, I remember that. Over. That's one of my favorites. But see, things. that's like the thing about the show where I think, <laughs> no, the show, we're real on this show. We talk about anything like that. I don't just, really have a lot of room for not that these days. Yeah, that's how I, we I, want I, to be. I will just turn around in the middle of a conversation and walk away from it lately if it's not engaging, which is so right. fucked, up, fucked up thing to do. Well, but I, I don't will know. do it. No, one, like, of my, uh, one of my friends None said this. this. Well, no, one of my friends said this to me, and I say, you know, I'm right there with you. It's, he'll just go, look, you're not interesting. I, <laughs> I, maybe I should start doing that. Well, well <laughs> you and I had this conversation uh, over text uh, the other day, Rob, about just, you know, we need we feel the need to be around genuine people. I mean, yeah. after, after going through, you know, I'm like always out seeing live music, always going, concert going is a big thing for me. And and after two years of like not doing anything, you know now it's like well, I I want quality experiences. I would rather yeah. just sit home and 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 do whatever at home instead of going out and 
and and engaging people that aren't real, right? And in the yeah. in the friend yeah. and and we're and, and I feel like we're we're paring our friends list down. Yeah, we are though. Are we are. Well, that's important. I would love it if the world was just like simple and like rainbows and unicorns. And I just found out. Well, they announced coffee. Would you love it? No, coffee causes no coffee causes depression. Ah, I know what the problem. Everything. Well, that's the thing. Is like anything that any chemicals of any kind, good or bad, that you're putting in there is doing stuff that you don't know what it's doing. Like you don't I don't know what I'm putting in my body every day. I have no idea. There's probably things I could do to improve that, but I don't know all of them. Like (laughs) like I try I I eat my fruits and vegetables and stuff. I do do the best I can. I don't uh I don't drink to excess anymore. (laughs) No, I think we've all been there, done that. Yeah, yeah, that's enough of that. I don't drink to excess any less. Just yesterday. If I could, I, I probably still would, but it's, it's definitely, uh, yeah, the pandemic specifically made me a lot more, uh, mm. not introverted, but uh, I don't, people don't see me as often. I spend a lot more time alone, um, and not because of that it's bad. I like it. It's yeah. a lot more, I want to spend more time by myself. <laughs> but do you have it now? I know you don't, there's no favors. We don't do that, but can you, like, describe one of, like, your pieces you've created just a little bit oh boy oh you like don't have to yeah thing? sure um so for the re- <laughs> i'll give an example of the thing i made for the residency so my drawings are really uh like i've seen them you so, know what I'm yeah. about? they're like written intricate big and then just a lot of really small lines covering the whole thing it kind of makes it look like different People have said mountains, topographical maps, hair, fire, whatever. It looks like different things to different people. So I made two of those for the residency, and then I made a bunch of other stuff that was just me experimenting with, because I don't know anything about mediums. I don't know anything about paint or paper, what I'm supposed to use and what works and what doesn't. So it was me experimenting with, like, watercolor pen, stuff like that. I made a bunch of projects. I took them all home because it was too hot to work in the studio the night before the show went up put them all on my bed, didn't like any of them, was like, I don't, this is a bunch of shit. I don't want to put these up on the wall. These are not done. These are like, it's literally just me experimenting. I don't want this. Um, so I tore them all up, and I glued them to this big canvas. It's probably like this big, and it just looks like this crazy window covered in like all these different colors and stuff so like a lot of collage and mixed media and I like things that look messy and like kind of bad sometimes like I like I like um I a friend of mine (laughs) my friend Jack and I do something that we haven't done in a long time and I'm gonna do it again soon I promise if Jack ever listens to this we'd do a thing where we would do uh like collage night together and I got really into like putting stuff that shouldn't go on a collage in like I made one whole one where I just taped like a bunch of like salt and pepper and like chopsticks, just weird like weird small stuff that yeah. shouldn't be there. That it, it just put like a layer of tape. I like stuff that looks like stacked and weird and cluttered and like too much going on. And I also like the opposite of that. I like really simple lines and like small things. But I also don't know what I'm doing. It's <laughs> great kind of though. Like going to like I, what I just I like the idea of collage night. I mean, yeah. I never heard Everybody those two words that. together before, and oh, I think well, that's awesome. No, it's uh. It's that, that's probably my favorite thing to do. I'm not great at it. It's not. I, I don't think it's like a strength of mine, but it's fun. Uh, it's fun to just cut stuff up and put it back together. And, like, and look at me, like some of the things I put, like my little found art stuff. Where I put bunny ears on pumpkins or watermelon. That was cool, by the way. That was. I think that was the coolest thing you posted on Facebook in a long time. I love that. <laughs> 
I do a lot of drums or my drum heads. I do like take spray paint and glitter and spray adhesive and, oh, and nice. do, do weird stuff like that. And just oh, I'm gonna do red and black and yeah. I just and I just like I just quick spurts of paint so it kind of splatters. Yep, I like that. I remember reading about that called splatter inking that they used to do in the comics. They did it with a toothbrush. Yes. Oh, it's and, what, it's what yeah, you when flick you, it. When you, Ralph yeah. Steadman would do. Ralph yeah. Steadman would do. Oh, kinds the, of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's like kind of that. There's another one, Daniel Barrington, too. He's like one. He does like watercolor like that. It looks really, really cool. It's different, too. Yeah, I'm a big I'm a, I like art a lot. Like, I, I don't. Um, so that's me. I say I like it. I know it, but I not much knowledge of it. My sister I, and I my know dad. It, I know it when I see it. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's all it is. But like one of my friends, I would send Warhol Christmas cards because I knew like my friend at the time she loved Warhol and everybody loved the cards and everything and I liked his idea it's like you know just you know don't be pretentious about it do whatever just do it yeah just do well, it well I like I, I, Warhol somebody who always gets shit on a lot but I definitely have a, a and you know, I I never knew his nickname until that songs for Drell album Kale and yes, I have Kale and you know you know that right? Man. Oh, I see. People will get mad and we'll have to we'll wrap this up shortly because <laughs> we see we could go on for hours. I know, I know. But I had people pissed at me because I've said I like Kale better than Reed. I do too, and I, I love Blue. That Reed, doesn't mean I, you I, don't like him, but it's just I, I think John Kale's like better. Kale better, but I yeah. I think. Uh, Lou Reed's great. I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm oh, gonna Lou Reed. There, I love Lou Reed. I love Lou Reed, Lou Reed too. Reed did my favorite cover of any song ever. Salisbury Hill? No. Oh. Uh, this magic moment. Oh, oh well, I have to yeah. hear that. Yeah. From, you ever seen Lost Highway? Oh, yeah. When when Patricia Arquette, when the first time he sees Patricia Arquette, that's, that's what's playing. And it's... I don't know. That's that's that's, that's always my answer for With that droney voice. I have to hear that. It's got well, that's Salisbury Hill too, where he's like climbing up on Salisbury Hill with like sort of metal machine music behind him or whatever. He takes this magic moment. He does a different thing. I don't know how to describe it. It's got this very like uh, '60s pop thing still, but it sounds it sounds like the Velvet Underground doing it, but heavier. There's like a big droning electric guitar thing that's so good. <laughs> but now, well, how long? Now you're at the yards for like three weeks or so. So are you doing? So and, it's all d- done. And you yeah. stop at the yards regardless all the time because it's a really cool place. Yeah, um, and I also model there sometimes. Um, but I'm now that I'm staying and I'm going to rent a studio there. I'm going to be involved in all kinds of stuff. Hopefully, coming up. That's cool. <laughs> I love like anything that could promote this kind of stuff. I think is awesome. Yep. I'm going to be hosting a modeling thing. I think on August 10th. Your man right here <laughs> with that shirt. <laughs> For those of you uh, not watching at home, I've got my lobster shirt on. It's a good shirt. It's a great shirt. And I have my rabbit breeders and fanciers coffee cup. <laughs> oh, what's the I found this at a, a garage a sale. Yeah, it's got the rabbit on. Cobblestone. Yeah, I found this Very at good. a garage sale. It was in the free box, and I was like. Isn't that awesome? Who could not get that? Who even thought there would be such a thing? That's a really strange drawing of a rabbit, too. Isn't that weird? Something's wrong with the... It looks like a bust. Something's wrong with the neck. looks like he's wearing a shirt or something. Yeah. It almost looks like a kangaroo or something. The ears are too The stuff you can find in America, I'll tell you. Like, I was saying that the other day, again, when you travel, like, up... Upstate New York, it becomes like Kentucky, where you get like the the it bowling is. halls with the sock hops and the gun raffles. Stay away from Cobbleskill, New York. I can tell you. Cobbleskill, New York. There's a Sunnies area. I think it's in the uh, Catskills. It's oh, okay. uh, off of um, whatever it, the highway that it's near Peekskill. It's 
Okay, oh, I know I where that is. Oneonta. I see the pattern there. That's where I went through, like, to go, like, the Ottawa Jazz Fest, where that, as I keep saying, the uh, well-known jazz band Stone Temple Pilots, <laughs> which was hilarious. Yeah, so so there's a folk fest in Buffalo in September, and I've seen all sorts of ads on Facebook for it, and the Flaming Lips are playing. I'm like, that. That, that's not, not quite. Thinking about this, like with the, the living room, though, I'm getting to the point where it's like sometimes. How do you define genres? Like one of my yeah. friends' bands, an outlaw country band. Okay, it's good or it's not outlaw country. Agents on drugs. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You always say sad sex lounge music. That's, I like. That. I like that. It's like actually that. very Under good. Lounge. Cool. But where are you, dude? Any uh, now the album's coming out soon, sometime, eventually. Sometime. We just Not finished, your Chinese we just, democracy. We, just recording <laughs> it. we have to mix and master it still, so it'll probably take a little bit. Um, I don't want to say like. I don't, I, you will I, get I it eventually. I don't want to give an estimate because I have no idea what it'll. And be. you have any idea of any more? I know you played the uh, benefit show for Ukraine. Uh, we're working on it. We should have some stuff coming up in September and October if everything goes well. We'll know very soon, but right now we don't have anything. No, and I know I've talked to Frank about it a little bit, and he said that, you know, going along. And I think that makes it a little special, too. It's like, you know, it's, it's just, it's also, it is tough to coordinate because there's seven of us, so we have to, like, oh, wow. get it together. Mm-hmm. And getting seven people, four of which are dads, so we have to, like, work around that. I just found that out like phone band. I knew we're like, okay, they could get one person, but the other person was busy. There's, the other there's configurations of us that work without everybody. So we have a little like stripped down version. We, we did this a lot last winter, but I don't know. We, we haven't played out like this yet, but Greg, Pete, Eric, and me did our own little thing where we would practice at my house where we would just do acoustic versions of our songs so that we would have something that if we wanted to play if we needed to play somewhere else just to get stage time or whatever, like, we would have something ready to go where it's like, okay, four of us can go. And we've played without Frank before. No, we haven't. Maybe we have played without Frank. We've played without Amber. We, we could definitely play without me. Um, it's doable. You know, you should also, when we finally do D&D Part 3, be brave. Be the person who's ever played before. Frank <laughs> will be there. All your friends will be there. Frank, oh, boy. What is Frank's uh, character? He's got sort of like, he's like this sort of like gothy looking guy with a black, even a costume. I'm going to ask him all sorts of questions about that. Oh, one. yeah, you'll see. You'll admit it. <laughs> thanks. It's been really fun. Yeah, this has been Thank really you. a good yeah, talk. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I get so talky. No, we, that's, no that's you're perfect the for the point. show. <laughs> you're perfect for the show. You come back any time. But you were going to play you. something from uh, oh. maybe on your phone? Or Should I do that? How do you do, how do, you do that? Well, our maestro will do that. You're not going to okay, play now, but we'll do that. Yeah, we do it in post. But <laughs> it's just, yes. yes. But is but there something, something just, just okay, okay? Something, something from the living room. Say, say that. Well, see now you can. Yes, yes. So very cool. Thanks, thank you. 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 Thanks, thank you.